Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Mahani Jahangiri, and welcome to Conversations with My Dog. Today's guest is Dave Wardell from the charity Thin Blue Paw. You might remember him from Britain's Got Talent in 2019, where he performed incredible magic tricks with his ex-service dog, Finn. Finn is a German Shepherd and retired police dog of the Hertfordshire Constabulary in England. In October 2016, Finn and his handler confronted a youth who was suspected of being armed. The dog was stabbed and the police officer injured to the hand with a large knife. The dog required emergency surgery, but he returned to duty 11 weeks later. The case received widespread media coverage and initiated a popular campaign to improve legal protection for animals in public service, resulting in a 2019 Act of Parliament known as Finn's Law. The Thin Blue Paw Foundation protects, celebrates and rehabilitates both serving and retired police dogs from across the United Kingdom. Many people are unaware that retired police dogs do not receive financial support in their retirement from the force, meaning the responsibility for their care and vet bills falls solely to their ex-handler or new owner. Unable to get pet insurance due to their working life, many are left with ongoing vet bills, which can amount to thousands. The foundation provides much needed financial support to these unsung canine heroes and their owners to enable them to have a long and happy retirement. Now, it is an honor to have Dave and Finn on the show today. Hello, Dave. Hello, Finn. I'm a Paul. Hello. That was quite an intro, wasn't it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, oh, exhale, okay? inhale, inhale, exhale. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually stuff that is, that we've done that's not in the intro. There's stuff that we've done and charity stuff that we've done and crazy stuff that we've done that's, that's not in there. So there's loads more as well. <laughs> there's loads more. There's loads more. I mean, where do we start? Can we start with potentially with first Thin Blue Paw? What What is your role in Thin uh, Blue Paw? So I'm one of the founding trustees. Um, it was set up because when we were pushing for Finn's Law, the new law for service animals, it felt right to 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 do something for these animals when uh, they were in retirement and see if we could influence stuff uh, while they were serving. But we were kind of warned off um, at the beginning by 
um, some influential people in politics saying, well, if you do that now, there might be some MPs that turn around and say, well, they don't need a law. They're protected through this charity and this program and whatever else. So actually, we um, we held off. <laughs> No way. Yeah, yeah. How Which felt sad. How political can but... that be? Oh, I know, I know. But politics is just a big game of chess. So, um, it was. I mean, it was a great bit, bit of advice in the end. But um, what it means is, you know, we've now set this charity up. We've been going for uh, seven months, eight months. It's been a huge success so far. It was very, very needed. There's a few local charities that help uh, service animals, but. Um, there was a massive hole nationally and um, and the charity fills that hole. There's so much we hope to do as well with the charity. And it's incredible. So I have no idea that Thin Blue Paws, how do you say, uh, developed after your appearance on Britain's Got Talent or was it already in the, in the making? Uh, we knew that we were going to do something. Yeah, we weren't quite sure what or when. Um, and then... I mean, we really used uh, our appearance on Britain's Got Talent as a um, to, to raise awareness for for the new law, for Finn's law, and 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 um, due to our appearance on Britain's Got Talent, what is Finn's law became one of the top uh, Google searches in 2019, which is bonkers, absolutely bonkers, absolutely crazy. I know, but that's you know that's the sort of platform that you've got with with a show like that. It's incredible. But we also used it to start our campaign, which we call Finn's Law Part Two, which is to increase sentences or the maximum sentences available for all animal welfare uh, cases in the UK. So the charity wasn't even on the register, you know, on the radar in, in that respect. That, that came a little a little while after. But obviously, we've used the success and Finn's um, fame to, to get where we are now. And so can you explain exactly before Finn's law and after Finn's law, what is the development? I, I heard that dogs are not, uh, service dogs are not recognised as actual sentient living beings prior to Finzel, it, it it's uh they're a they're a thing they're an accessory is that correct a bit like uh, you know animals uh, in labs they don't have a, a soul that's right well i mean when uh, i mean i'd seen cases come up previously where dogs had been attacked and and nothing really happened to the offender and when finn was attacked obviously i watched closely with what was going to happen his offender was charged with with criminal damage which immediately brings the comparison with you know my feeling uh, a loving dog who'd saved my life being treated the same as if someone had smashed uh, a pane of glass or or punctured a tire which is absolutely insane when you think about it you know Finn is a sentient being he does feel pain he has he's bonded to me he was looking after society that night and yet he was treated as if he was just a chattel now well once we told the public about that they were furious so what happened was a guy went to court there was all sorts of court can be a real circus sometimes and uh, he was found guilty of all the offences, so attacking me and attacking Finn or criminal damage to Finn. Um, he got four months for stabbing me in the hand and he got nothing for what he did to Finn. He was found guilty of what he did to Finn, but he got nothing, which I think is insane because, um, you know, by far to me anyway, the worst thing that happened that night was what happened to Finn. Um, and yet he got nothing for that. It's unbelievable. Do you think that 
dogs would have a little bit more uh, value in, in British society. I thought dogs are like the, the man's biggest friend in, in Britain. I mean, I'm Swiss and we always look up to Britain. You know, you, you have gun dogs, you know, traditionally uh, dogs have always been, you know, like the Queen's corgis and everything. I mean, didn't the Queen, didn't she say something about, you know, like wouldn't she get up and say, this is absolutely ridiculous. How come the dogs have still no value. It's I, I just. Don't I know. I mean, it. I'm sure the Queen had something to say about it, but she has to be very careful what she says in public. Um, and, and ultimately, the Queen did sign off on the bill. So, although that's a formality, she I, I would hope that she was very supportive of it. It's yeah. I'm. I agree with you. You know, dogs are a massive thing in the UK. They play a huge role in millions and millions of households in the UK. I think a lot of it was, um, I don't miss, mean this to sound nasty, but I think it was ignorance. I think people just didn't know until we told them and we had a massive platform on which to tell them and social media was much bigger than it had ever been at that point to make people aware. And until that point, I don't think people knew. People were shocked. People were genuinely shocked. How can these dogs, you know, whether it be guide dogs or border force dogs or PTSD dogs or um, or police dogs, you know, why are they treated this way? Um, so, I mean, that's part of the reason that the campaign was such a huge success. It's, um, I mean, I saw, obviously, we all saw Simon Cowell's face and like, he couldn't help himself. And he, he, he is an absolute dog lover. I mean, I had Pip Thompson on the show and she campaigned with, uh, you know, with Simon and, and he's, you know, gave £50,000 to Humane Society International for the Dog Meat Train and all that. But it's really, you must give him credit. I mean, the guy is hundred percent behind. Oh gosh, absolutely, yeah, behind dog. Uh, Pip's lovely as well. We've met Pip a, no a number of times. She's lovely. Oh, she's phenomenal. I mean, what she has achieved as a journalist, and she needs to stay neutral in all this. And then she went down to South Korea, and she was part of this farm, and 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 it changed her life. And yet she she said, "I still have to stay neutral. I have to be careful that I don't look like an activist." And it's hard. And I think with Simon Cowell, the thing is, is that. I have tried contacted him so many times on numerous occasions for, you know, with the Chinese dog meat trade and all that. And he does need to look quite neutral in everything because it is such a big show. But I think when he grabs the opportunity, he does. And he presents it so cleverly on a platform like the Palladium, you know, and it becomes a show in itself and it's wrapped in magic. And I think the whole audition was phenomenal. It just showed your relationship you had with Finn. I think that's a key. Yeah. I think that's a key part. You know, if if I'd have gone on there as and I was pretty poor. If I'd have gone on there as a poor magician, I'd have been booed off the stage. But if you add Finn into it, if you add the the fact that we were talking about um, human animal communication, and we were obviously we shared Finn's story and, and and what we were using the platform for, I think that's what made it. And of course, then you had the second audition, which just had six puppies in, which I think um, I think David Walliams said you didn't really need to do anything; just come out with six puppies. <laughs> He's absolutely right, though. It's it's a brilliant idea. Can I ask you, was this your idea to to use the pictures and the storytelling and the writing? Was that was the whole audition your creative uh, idea? No, we had lots of help. Um, you, you know, you've been there. There's there's a huge crew of people and lots of talent um, there. Um, and I think people were just were really keen for us to get it. We we never knew we were going to get to the finals. We didn't. We had no 
uh, inkling, no aspirations for that. We just thought that we might get a 10 second slot on one of the shows so that I could say Finn's Law and, and a few people might Google it. And the fact that we, you know, in our first televised, televised audition, we got, we got a 10 minute slot right in the middle of the show. And, you know, it was just bonkers. It was absolutely incredible. Goodness. I mean, I have to, I have to boast a little bit about my audition, but I don't know if you know that what happened to Robbie. Yeah, Robbie yes. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoes at the end. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's right over there. But it was, you know, it's, it's, we couldn't have imagined this. It was, it was real, right? We had it all, I mean, I had my audition prepared and everything. And, you know, they loved the idea of Doga. They just wanted Doga in the show. And I was, I said to them, in the name of God, please, I haven't got any talent. And they said, no, no, you do have talent. And I said, but I haven't got any, I'm a yoga teacher and Doga is what I do, but Robbie doesn't do much he just you know he's there and I don't know if he's going to walk off or you know I don't know how he's going to respond well listen to that so listen to that. that's the funny it's the funniest story so as you know it's a long grueling audition process between you know at eight in, in the morning you have to be there and then you have to go back and forth and technical and the dog and everything and the photo shoot and the filming and then back and then forth and then makeup then another interview it goes on and on and by about six o'clock on the palladium right well guess what happened with robbie he had stage fright he wouldn't wee i took him out and i went piddle piddle robbie piddle 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 and he held it and he held it and then i start holding it and he held it too so by the time we came on this so i mean you know how it is you're on that you're on that stage and your bowels are going anyway but i mean robbie only robbie was really good right to the end but when ant and dex dogs started relieving themselves i mean that's when robbie just took advantage he said right that's it i'm having it i'm taking advantage and he sold it david Williams shoes and i think he just said that's that's just the perfect spot to wear on but yeah it was absolute television gold it, it was gold it really literally was and we thought <laughs> we didn't anything I never thought I was going to get through the next round I never even contemplated it because I wouldn't know what to do next I can't just do a headstand on top of Robbie or Robbie a headstand there's no Patsy and Ashley in this you know and they just said you're you're through you're through the next round and I just panicked and then we became the trailer for BGT and then we went on the Lorraine show and we had press and I just thought, this is madness. It's madness. And people will congratulate Robbie for weeing in David Walliam's shoes. And I thought, what about Doga? What about the message? of We kind of lost the message of Doga. I actually, you know, Doga is something I do. That's my profession. And I have a book. And I'm very serious about yoga for dogs. Yo not for dogs, for humans with their dog. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I think the whole thing kind of went missing halfway through, you know. And um, so I know how it feels like and I know how overwhelming it is. And the thing is, is once you're in that uh, machine, isn't it? You're when you're on the next round, you are organized. They organize you, don't they? They 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 start building you up. And was there a moment where you thought, oh, my God, I don't want this or I'm terrified? um yeah i mean i was terrified you know 
we were asked if we would do America's Got Talent and I said there'd have to be a reason. I couldn't just go there for the sake of going there. Um, and we were asked if we would do a Christmas special. And again, I said, look, if it's just for the sake of going, no. But if I can raise awareness for the next thing we're doing, then absolutely, I, we'll, we'll consider it. But it is such a huge amount of work. and It's really hard work and really long hours. And you know, I take my hat off to the team that put it together because they are incredible and it is a massive team. And when you're in it and you see how it's put together and how everything, although it looks chaotic, has to come together at the right point. Otherwise, it's all ruined. And like you say, they go, they make you um, practice and practice and practice so that you hit your time slots. And then they say, well, we need to shave off 10 seconds. You're like, um, it is sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get towards, you know, by, by 6 p.m. or whenever it is that you're actually coming to film you're already exhausted. And sometimes you do think, you know what, why did I do this? But for us, it was very much about Finn's law um, and the campaigning side of it. So we had a reason to, to keep going. So you think you made the most out of it? Because I was just wondering about Finn's law. If you had done America's Got Talent, wouldn't that have, uh, they didn't want to promote Finn's law in America? Or did you did you negotiate that? Did you try and negotiate to spread this this new movement from Britain? into the US because that would be amazing wouldn't it that yeah we did I mean we went Finn and I Finn and I flew out to Florida in 2018 um to do, yeah we to to sort of speak to lawmakers um and police chiefs out there so we I think we that they ended up doing a law themselves so I think we might have inspired them um yeah so if I that I mean that was the premise of us going out there in the end it didn't happen because covid and, and whatever else but um, oh god don't um, start with covid yeah. I'm so angry with covid I at the moment I if I can speak to covid <laughs> personally it's just so upsetting that just everything had to stop I find and and the animals are suffering because of that We've we've got a new charity, so we're you know we're always trying to to raise money, and you do have to try and get creative or try and g people up. That's the thing to try and g people up when they're not allowed to go and do anything. It's um, you know, it, it can be very tricky. So we can't wait for those open days and those armed forces days and the police open days and all the fates and the air shows and stuff to start up so oh, that we can absolutely. we can get out there. We'll squeeze everything in in summer. You'll see all the <laughs> you'll see all the air shows and the dogs. Yeah. And everyone, the Zoom classes and the exhausted. Zoom <laughs> Everybody's going to be over art fairs and just squeeze everything in one. Britain's Got Talent <laughs> yeah. outdoors. I mean, we should just have one big party. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, talking about and we do need to get back oh, to yeah. law and very important about what happens to retired uh, uh, police dogs. So, so what happens with those veterinary bills? How um, and what happens with the dog handlers? So, uh, not all dog handlers will obviously remain with their their dog. Is that correct? So, they these dogs are retiring with the age of seven or something like that. Yeah. So it can it can get quite quite tricky. So, a German Shepherd type dog. So that includes Malinois and herders that sort of thing. They tend to retire at about eight, providing there's no health issues with the dog. The, the sort of spaniels and Labradors, which do the sniffer work, which is less impactive, they tend to work to nine, ten. They can go on a bit longer than that as well. Um, but when it comes to uh, retirement, uh, not all handlers uh, keep them on. I'd say a high percentage do, but some just can't. Some just can't do it. I had a colleague who had 11 dogs because he just couldn't let any of his dogs go. So that becomes quite a massive burden. You know, you only need a couple of bills and you're you're broke and trying to bend the 
the um, the credit card. Um, you know, a, a new a new knee for a dog is anywhere between a thousand pounds, depending on the procedure you have, up to about six or seven thousand pounds. A new hip, seven and a half thousand pounds, but then you've got the physio on top of that. Well, that's huge. I don't know many people who can afford a seven and a half thousand pound operation, and you can't get insurance for these dogs because many of them come with I know many of them come with a bite history because of what they do for a living um, and, and many others come with existing pre-existing um, injuries from their life of work. So getting insurance for them is either impossible or prohibitively expensive. So that's where the Thin Blue Paw really steps in, helps with month. You know, some some of these dogs have got monthly bills. Some have one off emergency bills. Um, and that's where we step in to help to make sure that these dogs can have the life that they deserve. And boy, they flipping deserve it. They really do. They work. Do. They, they love what they do, but they work very hard in their life. I was going to ask you, do dogs get burnout, like actual burnout, working burnout, that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, uh, Finn and I, we used to treat our rest days as exactly that. We would do next to nothing on our rest days because we had worked so hard during um, our time at work. So we would literally just slob on the sofa and uh, and, not, and not do anything because they do work incredibly hard. Um, they love it, though. They do. You know, well, providing you train them right. And I do train my dogs. Um, ethically and and how i think they should be trained and to to get the maximum out of them whilst them still having fun my my motto was i always wanted my dog to leave a training field with a waggy tail having had the best time of his life um and so it, it but it's then it's down to us to make sure that they do get their downtime and they do get those little massages and they can go for a swim on their days off and all that 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 sort of stuff Oh, and, and how many um, how many dogs do you have at the moment? You say dogs, so is it Finn? Oh, crikey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, more? No, we've, we've, got, we've got lots of dogs. So currently we've got, I've got my work, Finn's obviously retired now, so I've got my working German Shepherd and the Spaniel. So we've got three German Shepherds in the house, um, a Spaniel, a South African Mastiff, who's he's not very well at the moment, bless him. He's, uh, he's 12 years old and a Frenchie is that all of them and we've got a puppy on on its way no. and we've got a parrot and we've got a cat and we've got three kids no way oh, yes. this is like uh you know oh, yeah. uh, Mr Dr Doolittle you know you have a whole family uh, yeah oh, it oh, is wonderful so it's never boring at home oh it you is didn't hilarious have, you didn't have a boring lockdown no nope. No. Oh, my goodness. No, it's never boring and it's never quiet. <laughs> and it's never quiet. But uh, can I just say, uh, so you yourself, you're not uh, retired. You're still on the force. You're still working. Yeah. Contrary to, to popular belief, going on Britain's Got Talent doesn't make doesn't automatically make you rich overnight. So I'm still a, a serving police officer and so is my wife. Um, but uh, because of the work we do we work opposite shifts and we've got children and dogs so the dogs and the children are never home alone there's always one of us at home so uh, yeah I'm still very much working and uh, would you find that the dogs have become a little bit more attached uh, during lockdown would you say that the dogs are noticing that well maybe not you are so much at home but the rest of the family you know uh, have to have the dogs changed in behavior during lockdown yeah, I think so. And I think this is a pattern that we're seeing um, right across the country, probably across the world, actually, but certainly across the country. Um, and I've got friends that have got dogs and 
and there are some genuine worries out there that you know how are the dogs going to cope when when everyone goes back to work and and back to school i mean the, the good the positive side of that is that our children have become much more involved in in dog training so that they can sort of snatch 10 minutes away from their own uh, four walls in their bedroom and their studies to, to come and break the the day up and come and do some dog training so from that point of view the dogs and the children have become uh, much closer but um, yeah I think there are some genuine worries out there from people that when they go back to work the dog's been used to them being there for 24 hours a day and all of a sudden they're going to disappear for 10 hours a day. It's incredible that's incredible I was going to also ask her how long does it take to train a dog to become a police dog and from what age do they start and what from what age puppy age? So if they're um, if they're bred to be a police dog, so Finn was, and so is my current dog. They were both bred um, in police puppy programs. Then their mum and dad, will, or their mum and dad, or their mum if they're just with their mum, will start their training as soon as they're born. So there'll there'll be certain things that obviously mum teaches down to them. Um, so they can start really young for those dogs, but. Then once they're sort of eight, 10, 12 weeks old, they go off, tend to go off to a foster family. And that foster family's job is to take the dog everywhere, show them everything, let them meet everybody, let them see everything, let them experience everything, let them get into every possible environment at every time of day so that nothing is a surprise to them. You don't, the last thing you want if you turn up to a job with your police dog is for them to go, oh, I've never seen a supermarket shiny floor you want them to to know what it is and know that it won't hurt them and to, and to get on with their work but their um their sort of police dog training per se probably doesn't start until they're depending on the dog 10 12 months maybe a little bit later for some dogs if they're slower to mature um and then they start proper and then they go on a course. Now Finn went on his course quite young, it was just before his first birthday, but 18 months is the sort of average time for um, a pup to go on their, their course. It's a 13 week course um, where we show them everything um, and then they have to pass a test at the end, it's quite a rigorous test. But then their training doesn't stop. It should never stop. It should be every day. I, it, when we went to court for, for our case where we were attacked, um, the barrister was trying to go on and on and on about um, our training and how we were lacking in training. And the judge said she wanted to put it to bed. She said, how often did you train with your dog? And I said, every time Finn came out of the van, it was an opportunity for him and I to train. So we trained every day, multiple times uh, a day. And then that was it. She put the she put that question to bed, which was lovely. But yeah, that, Finn was training right up until retirement and he still trains now. Um, what does it entail exactly, training? When you say training, I'm just thinking, sit, stay still, go. You know, I mean, well, what is training? Well, what do you mean as in training? Because I wonder if Robbie would do this. Uh, so so, so initially it's, it's motivating them into playing with toys. Um, it's motivating them to be a little bit possessive of the toy um, and, and, but also to freely give it up when you ask them to, it's about um, asking them to be motivated for food so that you have different options when it comes to reward for training. Um, it's about teaching them to be bold and, and brave and fearless um and you do that as a very gradual process that is you have to build that up build that up um and some of these some, and it's, most of it's game play 
Um, but every now and then you'll just add a little bit of pressure to the game and to the dog. Um, but then it, then you need to know when to release that pressure. And, and normally that's by letting the dog win the reward or whatever it is. Um, and then you and then the dog learns that actually if they can push through a little bit more pressure, then uh, a little bit more stress, then uh, they get what they want. So they learn to become very, should do, learn to become very balanced um, dogs that don't, um, aren't easily riled um, and can cope with, with, with large amounts of stress as opposed to just, just a, a, a pet at home. Um, and then we move it on from there, really. We, we get them into bite work and agility and um, obedience and search work and, and they have the best life. Can I ask you, so when, I'm sorry to go back to the trauma, but when you were attacked, what would have gone through Finn's mind? Would he have... I mean, he didn't straight away attack the attacker, did he? he? There must have been a process there for Finn to understand you are in harm. But he also, did you give, did you have a chance to give him a, a, a signal or, or did you just know, oh yeah, you're in danger? You know what I mean? Um, can you explain that a bit more? Did he? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, ex- I'll explain what happened. We were, we were called to an address. It was a real rubbish phone call. No, not many details were given out. Um, someone was worried that something might have been happen- happening in an address, but they couldn't tell us what. When we got there, people were trying to break out of the address. Now, we didn't know at that time whether it was you know, someone who'd been held captive was trying to get out or whether it was a, a wrong one trying to do a runner out the back or what it was. Um, so um, armed with that information, we set about trying to see if we could catch the people coming out the back um we caught up with one of them on foot and he was carrying something that looked like a long stick um and he didn't want to put it down so he in in my mind he was carrying a weapon finn had already targeted him finn was on a uh, on a lead and obviously i shouted for him to stop uh, identify myself as a police officer with a dog finn identified <laughs> identified himself as well um and then he didn't stop. He carried on running. So he's something potentially has happened in that house, something serious enough for him to break out. He was carrying a weapon and he was running away. So he's ticked all the boxes for me to um, to use force to stop him. Um, and that force was Finn because Finn runs a lot faster than me. And he he would he would have caught him when there was no way I would have caught him. Um, and so I let Finn go to go and stop him, but I was right behind them. So for not only for Finn's safety, but also for the safety of the, the fleeing suspect, I was on top of them very quickly and I could take control of the situation. And it's a situation we've been in hundreds of times. You know, Finn had a very long rap sheet of, of people that he's, um, he's found and chased and stopped and pulled out of bushes and tracked to and searched for. And it was just a normal day. Um, and I was just about to tell him what he needed to do because he tried to jump over a fence and Finn pulled him down off a fence. And I was just about to tell him what he had to do for me to get Finn to to let go. So he had to stop kicking my dog because he was kicking him um, and he needed to remain calm. And then I would have let Finn go. And with and literally just as I was about to say that to him, he lunged forward. And it turned out the stick wasn't the stick at all. It was the largest knife I'd ever seen. And he plunged it straight into Finn's chest. And... Uh, he then pulled it out of Finn's chest and went for me. And Finn was Finn. Dogs are masters of body language. You, you know because of what you do with your doga. Dogs are masters of body language. And Finn knew that I was about to 
be in you know very serious danger and he put himself in the way of that second thrust which saved my life no doubt about it, it saved my life that night but finn didn't then do what most animals would do in that situation and run off and find a bush to hide under to see if they could either sort their wounds or succumb to their wounds he stayed there he stayed in the fight i didn't ask him to i didn't i didn't um i just had to trust that he would because i would have been in grave danger so finn helped me disarm him and then backup arrived and I had to then ask Finn to, to let go of him because he still had hold of him. And then we rushed Finn off, off to the vet to save his life. My goodness. Incredible. That, that relationship, you must yeah. be so grateful for for Finn. I mean, this is beyond. For, for someone to know, for, for an owner to know that their dog saved their life, I cannot imagine the feeling. Oh, the, I mean, the, the bond. The bond between Finn and I is huge. It is very special. The bond that Finn and I have is is, is incredibly special. I, and I can see it when you're on stage together. I did really see that. And, you know, Finn is there with his bowl and everything. But it, I saw the relationship was so different than any other kind of, you know, these show dogs that show up. And, and you see they're all trained to pull cards and pick cards and dance around and all this. And you just don't feel the relationships there. But I really believed in every step of the way, the, the way Finn looks up to you, the way you moved, and then he wants to go and then he picks, you know. Is there something important that we need to know about Finn's Law? What is the next step now uh, with Finn's Law? Where are we going with this? So um, there's still a few holes in Finn's Law. So there's still a few islands and um, uh, principalities around the UK that don't have it. And obviously we'd love for other places in the world. I say we helped inspire Florida, but there are other places uh, around the world that need to um, have a look at how they look after their service animals we obviously need help raising money with the thin blue paw but the next thing for the fins law project or the final chapter for the fins law project is to increase the maximum sentences that are available so even if we'd had fins law in place when finn was attacked the maximum sentence that his offender could have had for plunging that knife into his chest and nearly killing him was a six months sentence. So what we're we're saying is that's I mean that's one of the lowest animal welfare maximum sentences available in the world, and we're an animal loving nation, which is insane. So we're asking for an increase in that to a much better. Um, maximum of five years admittedly five years probably isn't enough it should be more like 10 or 15 but it's certainly a start and way better than six months so that's where we're at next and um, we're in parliament at the moment and we're lobbying and we're asking for parliamentary time to, to have it heard so that's what we need but we we are uh, we are we're asking for the, the speaker of the house and the leader of the house to make time to make time which is very difficult i understand that but this is a bill that supported by millions of people uh, around the country is supported by we've been in contact with all 650 members of parliament and at the moment i think we're well over 500 mps supporting so it's supported by ev nearly everybody in the house as well we just need to find that time and it isn't much time we're after i know time's short but um without polite pressure from the, the public we we might not find that pressure this time around but we can push together um, and see if we can get something moving
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. Now, have you done yoga before, Dave? No, no. It's funny because a lot of... uh, uh, trainers and breeders they think I'm completely you know barking mad when they hear dog yoga but it's very misunderstood in actual fact it's human yoga and the dog is there and it's nothing that you have to do and pull and push or anything a lot of it is actually to do with your own breathing and maybe you can uh, understand that when you breathe correctly your 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 uh, body odor changes. I mean, the adrenal glands settle, so the dog can smell you differently. But also, your body language changes. So that's why yoga is a great thing for a dog. They absorb. They absorb. I mean, do you believe? Do you? Well, I can tell you that now. I mean, I, it, great question. Uh, I so my belief is is that your central nervous system, your fight and flight, is directly connected to your dog's fight and flight i think your dog picks up on your fight and flight 100 percent. yeah there you go so that is kind of my the proof of the pudding so when you do the yoga and you do the poses and the breathing and the stretching and you come into the present moment uh, the mind stops thinking then your your central nervous system can replenish so the fight and flight the sympathetic parasympathetic central nervous system replenishes meaning the dog can again feed of that and feel that centeredness people don't understand watching tv and stroking your dog is not yoga (laughs) 
it is an active thing that, yeah, it's very different because your attention is watching TV. So you're in the future. Your attention is, that's not relaxing. Yoga is a, a process where you move into releasing and settling and grounding and whatever and a peaceful state. But it is a process and most of, uh, oh. anyway, so we're going to try, we're going to try a bit of, um, let's do some breathing today. And uh, where is Finn? I can't believe I'm actually doing this with you today when Finn, oh my God, yeah, I'm so he's, honored. He's let sat me next get, to me. Let me get Robbie sat quickly. next to me on the sofa. Now, does Finn respond to your breathing? Is he, is he quite vocal, Finn? Because I'm quite happy if he's vocal and barks so we can hear Finn in the background. Does he get he quite vocal? He can be. Um, he's quite chill. I mean, he's a German Shepherd, so he can be. German Shepherds are quite known for being vocal. Um, he's quite chilled out at the moment, but we can get him to say hello for sure. Really? So what I want to do is I want to do something funny today. Um, People think this is crazy, but uh, we're going to do, um, and I'm sure you're up for it, um, Breath of Fire, because I want to see how Finn responds when you change your breathing pattern. Now, Breath of Fire is really good because you, to release CO2, and you get uh, oxygen back into your lungs. So just keep your spine upright and, you know, just relax your feet, maybe settle your feet on the ground so your spine can be straight. Don't want to slouch for this. And... Perhaps just let Finn be for a second and just take the hands down to your side and just relax your shoulders and you can be as loud as you want for this one. <laughs> We're going to inhale through our mouth, open mouth breathing like this. So just think of ah, just a relaxed mouth and you're just going to go like the ocean. You're going to create this sound. Okay. So think of ah, yes, yeah, and again inhale. Now the key is, Dave, is to lengthen your inhale. Slowly inhale from your tailbone into the crown of your head, and then exhale. We should have some yoga music playing in the background, so it's going to come on. And it's that's good. And again, <laughs> inhale. And again, exhale. Is Finn still lying down, or is he looking at you? He is. No, he's okay. very chilled. <laughs> so he's, he hasn't even bothered to look at you. <laughs> he's just chilled, completely chilled, eyes closed. We're going to change that breath any second now. So take a deep inhale. And exhale. Now we're going to inhale. And I just want you to tighten your body, hold the breath and just make a fist and really tighten up the body, tighten up the body, really squeeze the buttocks, crunch your face. Tighten up, tighten up, tighten up, really create that, you know, become really rigid, 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 hold, 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 and exhale, release, and sigh. Good. And then again, ready, inhale, slowly, inhale. And now tighten up the body, hold the breath, squeeze, just make yourself really rigid. Hold it, hold it, 
hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, even more, hold it, squeeze and exhale. <sighs> and a big sigh, just relax your shoulders. Big sigh with me, inhale. <sighs> and now just move your shoulders, just go up and down with your shoulders, up and down, up and down, up and down. Just relax your shoulders, up, down, up, down, up, down. And just keep breathing through your nose as you're doing this. Up and down, up and down, crunch your shoulders, up and down. Just release your shoulders. There you go. Up and down, up and down. Very nice. Good. Very nice. That's it. And now just flick your hands. Flick your hands from your wrists. Just flick it, flick it, flick it, flick it, flick it, flick it, flick it. Taking all the tension out of the wrists. Is he, is he, is he awake, Finn? Is he, is he looking? Not he yet. is, yeah. He oh, is good, good, good. Yeah. Okay, let's keep moving. Flick, flick, flick the wrist. We just want to, um, good, very nice. And then place your hands on the top of your shoulders and just hunch the shoulders up and then down. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. <laughs> good, very nice. Really pull up into your neck, the elbows to your ears, and then release. Up and down. Up. This is just to oh, open up. A one of my other oh, dogs oh. is jumping on me. Oh, good, good. This is good. This is good. This is good. Good, good, good. Very nice. And now just release the arms down to the side again and just notice the difference in your body. Just become still. And now try and breathe through your nose. This is the yogic breathing. So you keep your lips closed and you just breathe through your nose. Slowly inhale. Oh, good. Exhale. And inhale. Oh, you've got a good pair of lungs here. Exhale. <laughs> Very good. Inhale. And exhale. Now, are you ready for the next one? The next one, you're going to sniff. You're going to sniff. And imagine there's a fly on the tip of your nose, and you're going to sniff that fly away. And as you sniff, you pull your belly in. So it's going to sound like this. And it's a strong sniff, really strong, sharp through the nostrils. You ready? And just relax the arms side and the dogs may jump up now. So let's get ready. And ready? <laughs> Go for it. Yep. Keep going and again. Being Focus on, on the. This is good. This is good. Keep going. <laughs> Very good. Keep going. They're going to go nuts. I'm being licked. That's it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. They're going to lick your nose now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
joining in. <laughs> this is great! Ten more seconds. And you're allowed to laugh in yoga, it's fine. <laughs> good, very good. And what you're going to do now is inhale through your nose. Inhale through your nose and hold your dog that is looking at you. And just hold your dog and exhale. Really breathe and make eye contact. Inhale, breathe through your nose. Keep the eye contact. Show them that you're breathing. Exhale. And then breathe into your dog. Inhale. And exhale. And inhale. And exhale. And just just calm down now. <laughs> can you see how you're influencing them with the eye contact and the breathing? You can literally yep. calm them down through the breath and the eye contact. So this is something that reassures them that everything's okay, you know? But in the same time, you should feel like you've taken more air into your lungs as well. Oh, yeah, Good. definitely. You might feel a bit gizzy now. That's quite normal with Breath of Fire. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we're going to have one more. And this is a lot of fun. This one is sticking your tongue out. And this is just fun. And you're going to pant like a dog. So this is Breath of Fire. Your tongue is out. <laughs> and you just have to make a nice, happy doggy face. And you're going to go... And they might start barking as well. <laughs> I'm getting kissed again. <laughs> yeah, I always get I always get a French kiss from Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Is Finn joining in? Is Finn joining in? No, he's gone back to sleep. <laughs> I can't believe... Well, he's retired. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just focus on your navel. Let your tongue hang out. You're doing great. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. Again, inhale. Really draw the breath up into your lungs. Very good. Exhale. Oh, I can hear it. Inhale. Exhale. 
And I just want you to place your hand on your chest for a second and just feel your heartbeat. Or you can even put it on your pulse. Just notice your pulse, your heartbeat. You might find your heart is racing a tiny bit. Now slow it down through the breath. Then I just want you to feel your dog's pulse. Anywhere you can place your hand on your doggy's heart rate, you know, your heart, his heart, and just maybe tune in with his pulse and just breathe through your nose now and see if you can affect his pulse through your breath, through the control of your breathing. So let's come back to that breathing through the nose. And make the breath as long as you can. Slightly keeping a contraction in the back of the throat. So it sounds a bit more like Darth Vader, the breath. Closed lips, closed lips. can aim for maybe five counts in and five counts out. Just noticing maybe any tension in the jaw. So the jaw is a very important part for the dogs. Uh, they hold a lot of tension around the jaw and maybe for retired dogs, what's really nice is to massage around their jaw. So what you can do just quickly, just to understand the technique, just want you to breathe and massage your own jaw. And just go into your jaw with your fingers and circulate the back of your jaw so you understand what you can do with Finn. Just with your thumbs mm -hmm. and index, just keep breathing and massaging the jaw. Can you feel where the tightness is? It's pretty much the lower jaw mm -hmm, yeah. all the way into the ear. This is where we're holding incredible tension through the spine. The spine and the jaw is completely connected to the hips. So a really nice thing is to massage Finn right around that area. And guess what? Because they're on all fours, the dogs, they hold even more tension in that area than humans. So something to think about mm. next time. Yeah. Ear massages are great, but the jaw is one of the most important points. And I think with German Shepherds, most importantly, because they've been trained, also all the training that you've given them, um, I think they're quite tight around that area as well. And with his arthritis, I'm sure you will yeah. know the massage yeah. techniques. So when you do the massage techniques with Finn and you're doing the massage, maybe use your own breathing uh, with the massage. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, we could go on forever. I, you are so amazing. I love it because you're such a great <laughs> student of yoga. I can feel that you've been teaching oh, a lot I and training you. as well. I was just going to say, when, when we do the, the massage of an evening, it's really important to him. And, and actually, we, we do, if I sigh, he sighs. And if, 
he sighs, I, I find I sigh. So obviously there is that breathing connection and relaxing connection between us, between us all, all our dogs. Yes. Oh my God, Dave, we should do a DVD together. Oh, I can That's see the lovely. future. Thank you. This is yeah. amazing. This is amazing. Well, that was awesome. Awesome, Dave. Um, I'm relaxed now. That was really needed. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And do, you know, when the day happens, please, I want to meet you and Finn and you will join us probably uh, in a doga class in one of those big fundraiser events. I'm sure we will meet and Brilliant. if there's ever yeah. a big doga event, we will invite you. It would be such an honor to have you. Thank you. It's lovely to talk to you. It's been been incredible. Yes, it's been incredible too. Thank you so much. And I will <laughs> bow my head to Finn. Um, I will say Namapa. Oh, Namapa. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. Namapa. Thanks for listening to Conversations with My Dog. Make sure you hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people and dogs. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Namapaw. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.